Hello, welcome to the Real Point Exchange. This is Adam, and today we are doing another row up. So, joining me today are my wonderful co hosts and hopefully players for a game that we're going to do one day. Hi, I'm Aaron. And next in our illustrious list. Are we going with D or are we going with F? <laughs> or J? I think we're going with J. Okay. I'm, right. I'm actually on here under M. Oh, okay. oh, I thought we were going by first names. Uh. <laughs> well, we done broke it. <laughs> well, since we done broke it, hey, this is David. And this is Jeremy. Hey, guys. So what we're going to get into today is something that it's a property based on another property, so to speak. So we're going to be doing Oh Gods of Appalachia. They just released at least to the backers the PDF version of the book. I think that... Well, by the time this drops, the physical copies are going to be in people's hands because I, as I was filling out the backer kit from them, they basically were like, hey, you can only pay $5 and we'll hand it to you at Gen Con, which for me, it was worth $10 not to have to lug that book back home. So, you know, by the time you listen to it, everybody should have this book by now. I'm excited they're going to be at Gen Con. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I've got a buddy who has uh, signed up to play in one of their games, and I'm going to get an after-action report from him as to how good it is. Because I already know it's going to be amazing. Sweet. I actually got two buddies. I signed up for one as well. I I'm have two Adams finish. who are going to be. <laughs> going to have to ask Adam and also Adam. <laughs> I'm going to be bringing my original Appalachian accent, or, or I'll just tell him I'm a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll believe you. I think Aaron was the one who turned me on to this podcast. I can remember it was pretty much prior to pandemic 2020. I kind of started listening to it right in the fall of 2019. Uh, Aaron, would you you've listened to all the current episodes? Can you kind of give us the elevator pitch for our Oh Guys of Appalachia? There's monsters in them are hills, and trust your grandma. That's Jeremy, do you, how do you feel about that? You've listened to every episode, too. Did I get it? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of... It's it's set in Appalachia, obviously, in the time of Lock and Barrel Railroad. So there's a lot of coal mining, railroading, and then a lot of things that people are unearthing while they're laying tracks, um, digging into the pits and the coal, and just being in the woods. A lot of folklore, a lot of... A lot of mysticism, a lot of opposing forces, really neat, pretty dynamic characters that they tend to flesh out. And they they don't tend to forget about characters, which is nice. You'll have a character you really like, and then all of a sudden they'll show up again two seasons later, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's what they've been up to, and they run a backstory. It's It's a horror anthology. It's not always linear, but they do a pretty good job of making it not super timey-wimey. The other thing to remember is don't ever trust the company man. Yeah, yeah, the man from the railroad is probably my favorite character, and he was also fun fact. He was Spider Man. He was he played uh, Peter Parker in the Spider Man PS4 game. Yuri, not only that, not only that, he's Yosuke in Persona Four Golden. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Yeah, he's actually they're doing the Oh God's tour as we speak right now. I'm hopefully going to catch it. Uh, I think it's in October. Maybe I can't remember. I wanted to go, but they won't fucking come here. They were up about an hour from me, and I didn't get a chance to go. Guys, just come on down to Lexington, Kentucky. 
But Yuri was a guy who, I think he's got Yuri, named Yuri, and he's also doing the speaking tour. Aaron and I, we had an opportunity to speak with Steve at background, you know, pandemic era, and he was a super nice guy that things didn't, unfortunately didn't pan out for us to finish up a game we were wanting to run. But, I mean, super nice guy. I mean, Lord, we sat and talked, just shot the bull with him for an hour before we actually did anything. He's, I mean, they're super awesome people. This work really just kind of speaks to me just as somebody who's from Appalachia. Like this, the first bit of the podcast starts in a fictional place called Bar- Kentucky, which is just Eastern Kentucky. It's a coal mining kind of setup. I am from Eastern Kentucky. I'm not as east. And I mean, I'm looking at the, the hills that turn into mountains, but I'm not, you know, in the thick of it. I'm kind of more on the Eastern Central kind of area and all that. But it's it was really nice to see, for me to see Appalachia displayed in like a positive way because i mean honestly from somebody growing up and i have in this area it just seems like any time that anybody pays attention to the region it's just like well it's poverty porn i mean there's not a lot of money going around there's drug epidemics it's affecting everywhere else i mean last year it flooded in eastern Kentucky, right around Gen Con. Funny story, Crazon was down visiting me at that point in time. And they didn't know what part, his parents up in Canada didn't know what part of Kentucky he was in. So there was one day that they were frantically calling to make sure he had not drowned. But yeah. uh, it, it was it's, it's really cool that they go ahead and put this out. I wanted to share something with you all on this. And this is, like I said, kind of a, a personal aspect of it. If I can get the PDF to scroll. Oh. One second. Uh, the book is beautiful. I mean, the artwork, everything, it is. Monty Cook Games. This is my first Monty Cook work I've ever participated, purchased. I've never used a cipher system before. It's always looked interesting. And it's, I mean, it's just a beautiful te- uh, text. I can't wait to actually get a physical copy of it. In the, under the se- section of playing Oh Gods of Appalachia, they do kind of a, an introduction of the setting, talking about. You know, you could change things that were in a podcast. Like, this is your game. You're not playing in our world. You can make it, make your own up. That's great. Here's, here's a section I really liked. In the beginning, it goes, what if you don't know anything about Appalachia? It's uh, on page nine. It says, not to worry. We've got you covered. The first thing you need to know is how to pronounce it, Appalachia, or like throwing an apple at you. Unless, of course, your character's from an outsider, in which case the mispronunciation will give them right away. Which, you know, Appalachia, I've heard it pronounced. Beyond this, this book explains what life was like for folks in Central Appalachian I did it myself then. Central Appalachian region in the early 1900s and beyond. Details are important places and structures of the region. Offers up cultural insights, touchstones, details of what the kind of clothing and items that people used and wore and is filled with great art to use as a jumping off point for places and characters. There's also an extensive resource list of novels and nonfiction and websites where you can learn more. Additionally, remember this is an alternate version of Appalachia. So if you get anything wrong, you can chalk it up to many of the weirdness to many weirdness of the set. Excuse me. Here's where I really like the only way that you can really go wrong is by falling back on negative stereotypes of people and the place. Those living in Appalachia are a diverse group of people, 
with rich complex cultures so if you need if you find yourself thinking that all appalachian people as being poor white lazy and uneducated and barefoot it's time to take a big step back and start some self-education if you don't do an appalachian accent or dialect without inherently making fun of it don't do it if your entire goal is to run a game that makes fun of appalachian people this game is definitely not for you and I mean, just from somebody from the region, that really kind of just jumped out at me here. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> we, we, we've had some bad stereotypes in the past and the present and all that. And this book addresses them right from the get-go. So as we go through character creation in this row-up, we're coming from a place of respect and love and not one seeking to make fun. Now... I think we're going to, we may go, <laughs> we probably be breaking out some Old Testament names, won't we, David? Absolutely. But <laughs> to be fair, I, I would like to go on record here saying that every time that I have put on the Appalachian accent, or as close as I can approximate, because I know that I mangle it so bad, it's always done out of love and respect for a very, very dear friend of mine who is quite possibly one of the most erudite, educated, and nicest men that I know. He's not talking about Adam. Actually, I am. Oh. I am definitely talking about Adam. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that very much. I really want to run this game for us at some point in time because I, I've, got, I've heard stories and things that I've experienced and seen and the reason that I love where I'm from. Uh, this will give me a great opportunity. So as I was saying, we're getting ready to go into character creation. Now, this is our first time doing this here, so there's gonna be you'll probably get a couple of pauses and all that. So we're not character creation will be as fast as we make it look on here, but we're gonna try to expedite this as best as we can. I think character creation is kind of broke down between three different chapters. It's a lot of detail. It's less so much on, for example, you pick your different classes and it's going to go through it. So it looks like it's three chapters. It looks like it's quite a bit, but it looks kind of simple, at least from our starting point. <laughs> One thing that I'm not sure if y'all have picked up on or if it's just me, this PDF is hyperlinked to hell and back, and it is glorious. Hmm. If you click on the chapter, it'll take you right to it. So for creating your character, if you click on character type in the sidebar, if you click on the type that you're looking at, it'll take you right to it. It's There's some good ones in here. Well, I love it. I think, I mean, I can't say enough about it, even with I was playing it. Just, even when it's a list of works and stuff like that, you can click a book and it'll, I mean, click the link and it'll take you to that. I'm looking on at the beginning of the chapter two and I'm seeing at least three or four hyperlinks that are embedded in the text, which is awesome. It's not like we're having to go. And then there's notes on the side. It's like difficulty, page 129, asset, page 132, effort, page 132. So even if you don't have the ability to click on them, you at least kind of have a reference point. So it's very user-friendly. So I think kind of going into this here, we are going, we'll kind of go into the, the cipher system as best we can as we go forward here. We're going to be getting on chapter three in the book. So if you've already picked up a copy, go ahead and turn to your hymnals to chapter three verses, et cetera, et cetera. 
looking in the book on page 17, this is going to be our starting reference point here. It goes, creating your character in five easy steps. First, grab a pen and paper, blank piece of paper, etc., etc. So we got five steps here. We're going to do the first one is choose one of four types in chapter four. Follow the instructions provided in the game for gaining your stats, abilities, and equipment. And they even provide a walkthrough example. So let's go ahead and take a look at that, if you all don't mind. Three is the creating your character, but chapter four is character type. So if you click on chapter four, that'll take you to the first part of it. And if you look there on the first page of character type, right there in the sidebar, it tells you which page to turn to. So for protector, I would go to 25. For sage, Jeremy is going to go to 33. And I believe you said explorer, or Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, so yours would be page 42. But if you click on any of those words, it'll take you right to your section. So I'm looking at protector right now. I'll also take speaker. Since, uh, since so we kind of have an even spread of the four types here, so that works. All right, so basically, I mean, we, we, we can kind of go over, we, we can pick our, as we go through our class, I mean, kind of go into, people say you've got a magic ton, so I mean, obviously the speaker is more of the charismatic kind of uh, character like that, so I mean, we can do kind of a, you can read as much as little, don't feel like you need to read the entire page. That's why I'm kind of taking a break right now. We can go over the identities and what we want to be and all that. So what are you guys thinking right now? What's everybody's character comp so far? If y'all don't mind if I go first. Yeah. So I rolled the D20 on the D20 table to see if it would give me a spot to go with. And it says, as a ch- or I came up with number 10, which as a child, you fought off a creature in the woods that you had no name for. You still have no idea how you survived, but ever since, uh, you've had an unnatural ability to protect yourself. Now, this is going to jump ahead just a little bit, but you'll notice on our character sheets up here at the top, we've got name is a descriptor, type, who, focus. So those are the bars that we fill in. One of the potential focuses is becomes the beast. And I had joked beforehand of possibly going for a nickname that was animalistic. So for character name, I'm going for Zephaniah Bear Crutchfield. And for my focus, I'm going to go for Becomes the Beast. Just because of this D20 role that as a child, I fought it off. So I'm thinking that as at a young age, I became a bear and have no idea how that happened. But since then, I've learned how to do that again, because Become the Beast will allow you to just basically select a critter. And so because I turned into a bear when I was a kid, I still do it in times of trouble. So that kind of fits into the whole protector archetype. And I think that I'm going to be leaning kind of heavily into might as we go on, because bears are not exactly well known for their speed. But on the other hand... I figure just pick up the knack for, hmm, <laughs> that that feller over there, that really big guy in the bib overalls can just slap the ever-loving crap out of you, but he'll do it with a smile on his face and go, now, we don't want no trouble over here, now, do we? Adam, this is mostly for you, but David's become the bull. <laughs> Back and forth, the struggle ever. consumes us all. Exactly. Anyway. You're trying to keep a level head. 
So I like that's a pretty good kind of walkthrough, David. So with me, I, I like the idea of rolling. So I think before I even pick up, even though it's a little bit further down on the character sheet, I think I'm just going to go ahead and roll up my my life event. I, it, you all can if you want to and whatnot. So it's your choice. If there's something you you have in mind, stick with it. But I'm a roll. So it looks like I rolled a seventeen. Someone is out there out there is telling your stories and pawning them off as their own. You've never met the culprit, but you'd certainly like to. I like that. So I, I, that's kind of cool, man, because I was actually, I mean, teacher is too obvious for me because I'm, I'm the best of my profession anyway. I want it for, for my, well, let me back up. So with the speaker, it says you have a magic tongue. And maybe that's true. But you're good with words and you're good with people. You talk your way past challenges and out of jams and you get others to do what you want. Your abilities might be natural, a keen understanding of others combined with the sweet silver tongue of yours, or they might come to you by other or uncertain means. Either way, you know a little about magic, at least compared to some folks that you spend time with, but not so much that you'd go bragging about it, probably. So one of the options that I could get, David, is Storyteller. And that kind of goes with what I just wrote up on my background. And I like that. So you go with yours as it rolls up, and I'll go with mine as it rolls up. I actually had an idea for mine. Instead of rolling, I started going for the sage, and my guy's idea is basically kind of like think Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Like he had a calling, and he doesn't know how things work, but they just work for him, and he wants to go around and chronicle all the all the beasts that he sees in the green and then they also the 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 places where they dwell and he's just kind of chronicling around wandering around so i kind of went with the the nomad sage like a creative nomad that just goes around and draws things that's cool and he the the two the sages are more the magic users in this game and for the for the abilities and like the magic, they have the option of picking two. You have where you can craft, you can understand, or use magic. And you're trained in the following of, the, of two of those. And mine, I think I'm going to go for crafting and using. He has literally no idea how it works. But he just knows that if he rubs two sticks together and says a word, that they catch fire. Are you a seventh son of a seventh son or something like that? I, if, he does, if it is, he has no idea that that's the case. He just He likes to wander and he likes to draw. And then he realized that he can jam a geode into a into a stick, and it somehow lights itself up. Have you ever met the people or heard of the people who whisper warts away and stuff like that? I don't know if you've ever heard of those. Old. Maybe it's an Appalachian thing. Whisper but what? They can they can sit there and spit on a wart on. If you had a wart on your hand, they can spit on the wart and rub it and pray or whisper to it and stuff like that, and it'll go away. I mean, I've heard people swear about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Uh, it's right up there with, shoot, what was it? There was that old thought of if you say the right rhyme and you rub the wart with a certain thing, and it varies depending on who you talk to, you rub this wart with this mushroom, you mumble this particular hookum, turn around three times, witter shins, and throw the mushroom over your shoulder, it'll make the wart disappear. And it does. It really does. If people believe it works. Mm-hmm. 
The stuff that always fascinated me. It's dependent on which part of my family you talk to. Great Graham used to be. She was either the sweet little old lady who went to church every single Sunday, or she was also the local, totally not a witch, wink, who knew all of the folk medicines. Yeah. Like, she was the one that you went to when your colicky baby was too colicky for too long, and she would tell you what to do to fix it. I remember that one of my distant cousins was born with asthma, and Great Graham basically said, if you mix up a plaster of mustard and onion and slather it on the baby's chest, that'll make the asthma go away. And that baby did not smell pleasant for like a month, but no more asthma. <laughs> can't remember the actual terms, Appalachian witchy mammal or mammal, or I've heard terms like that kind of describe those around here. David, can you help me with this here on the character creation section right. here? So I got my name. So I'm going to break on you guys in a bit. My descriptor and then type. So okay. descriptor is so, the... Now, for that, we're going to need to go to other chapters. Because... Mm-hmm. Oh, we, well, I probably jumped too far ahead then. It actually kind of flows that way, though. It really does. Yeah. Page 62, chapter 5. Yeah. So 62 is your character descriptor, and there's a list of those. And then 83 is your character focus. But for now, let's stick with character type for about two seconds. Okay. Because it also tells you what your initial pool points are going to be at. Because mine are 10, 10, and 8. And then I get six additional points to divide amongst them however you wish. Eight, nine, and 11. Okay. Right. Yeah, all of them um, are a 28-point pool, which I thought was interesting. Now, you also have some that are going to come from your descriptor, because I went for Hardy on mine, which gives me bonus two points in Might, bonus two points in Intellect, But it also has an edge to it, because all of those descriptors have an upside and a downside. Yeah. So the upside is that I get some extra points, and I get to roll with things a little bit more easily when it comes to... How how do I put that in words? I should probably just read it right off of the descriptor, shouldn't I? Hardy. I can take a lot of punishment, both physically and mentally, and still come back for more. Takes a lot to put me down, so neither physical nor mental shocks or damage have a lasting effect. You're tough to phase, unflappable, unstoppable. You gain the following characteristics. Resistance, so that gives me plus two to my might pool and plus two to my intellect pool. Recover, you can make an extra recovery roll each day. This roll is just one action, so you can make two recovery rolls that each take one action or one roll that takes 10 minutes, a fourth roll that takes two hours, yada, yada, yada. I am trained in might defense tasks and I am trained in intellect defense tasks, but I have a lot of willpower and mental fortitude, but I'm not necessarily smart. Any task that involves knowledge or figuring out problems or puzzles is hindered. Okay. So there is that upside and downside that goes with it. There's also an inability here. I'm hardy, but not necessarily strong. Any task involving 
moving, bending, or breaking things is hindered. So I might rethink that hardy because it's like, I that's good for being tanky, but it's not good for being breaky. Industrious might be another one, or loyal, or lucky. Yeah. There's a whole list of them in here. I want to apologize on jumping the gun on that one so much here. it's I was kind of looking at the character sheet kind of linearly mm-hmm. and all. So well, we, we, we're filling out the name and all that. It, there doesn't seem like to be a whole lot to this, but at the same time, it was it's kind of we're spread out a little bit, but it's marked so well. That, it uh, really is. It's kind of spread out, but it also... I, the only thing I wish they would have done has been, here's where your descriptors are. This is the page. This is the type. You know, here's your type. They've kind of kind of jumbled up, but the hyperleaks help a lot. Yeah. we've As we've kind of been figuring this out, Aaron, I was just looking at the character sheet thinking that each section was a, a part in the book, and it wasn't quite that. The interesting thing about the book, though, is it it gives you descriptors type focus, and they're in multiple chapters so it kind of is spread out a little bit but it does give you a lot of information on each one of the foci as far as the focus goes because each one of the the descriptor the type and then the focus will all give you different abilities to flesh out your characters yeah okay so they have a lot of knowledge in them which is cool yeah all right and looking at some of these these are okay so there's superstitious but it has this lovely sidebar of appalachia superstitions this is I'm doing it too. There's Appalachian superstitions right here. Oh, you're allowed to, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we all live in the Midwest. It's fine. <laughs> I love this list. And I've heard some of these. When you're drinking alcohol, pour a little on the ground to appease the spirits. If you harvest apples from a tree, leave at least one to keep the devil away. When someone dies, stop nearby clocks to mark the time and ward off another death. A screech owl hooting at dusk means somebody will die. That one's just pouring one out for the homies. It really is. It is, but you'd be amazed at how far how far back how far back that goes. In ancient Greece, they used to pour one out for the gods. In Ireland, they used to pour a libation out as well to appease the land. So, pouring one out for our homies has been around since before recorded time. I think since before forties. Before forties. <laughs> Things that bring good luck include seeing a white horse, spitting on a new baby, and dreaming of bees. Also, soaking your dice in hooch. That's not in there, but it should be. Uh, it is a now. Firm believer. That's how bad. That's how my bad my my thousand rows were. I was like, David, I am going to borrow your trick, and I've been soaking it in bourbon. And they have been performing much better. For simplicity's sake, and David, I kind of like if you'd kind of lead this once more, since we kind of interspersed some of that stuff here, we may just kind of restate it. I'll pick back up where everybody just picked out their classes, okay. and we'll kind of jump in there. And if you want to kind of jump into your character, who will, and um, then uh, talk, we'll talk about the points and whatnot as we go through. Yeah, because we kind of we jumped ahead a bit. Uh, it's, we really did. We kind of have to. That's that's no problem. Well, I'm going to be bouncing around this whole sheet. And yeah. honestly, knowing that we're going to be bouncing around the sheet, it's going to be fun. If we want to take it in order from top to bottom, we're going to bounce around the book. But if we go in the order that the book lists, it's it's weird, but it makes logical sense whichever way we go. 
and I, I love this. This book is great. I need to get a hard copy of it. And I, I'm going to make Christy smack me because I told her, if I try to pick up a new game of any sort before Gen Con, I need her to smack me. <laughs> and I'm going to be picking this one up <laughs> because this is already one of those. But then again, other Adam also wants this game because they've been listening to the the podcast. Yeah. He and his wife, Jen, absolutely love Old Gods of Appalachia. And I know that he's already planning that really, really fun game while he's there. So I, I will probably be finding it and picking up my own copy. The odds are very slim, but if I end up in the same game as that, Adam, that'll be a joy as well. I'm figuring we're going to be probably spending some time together. Cause yeah. So basically, the first thing that we do is choose one of the four types from Chapter 4, and then you follow the instructions provided for gaining your stats, abilities, equipment, and ciphers. And they do have a walkthrough example of a player creating a character that accompanies each of the different types. The next step after that is choosing a descriptor from Chapter 5, and then a focus from Chapter 6, and then a character character arc from Chapter 9. So, just real quick, I never did tell you guys. I never went over my or went over my idea for my character. But yes, please do, please do. Yeah. So tell us first off, you were going to be the explorer. So if you can read us a little bit of a the two paragraph description on what an explorer is, and then you can kind of jump into your guy. Someone of action and physical ability, fearlessly facing the unknown. You like being on the go, seeing new places strange things magic's not really your thing might be something you tap into from time to time without realizing it but you don't necessarily wield user understand it you're you know you're a physical you're a physical character in that you you're knowledgeable or that you've been places but you're knowledgeable about the stuff you've done and places you've been and as you like to say you've definitely seen some things nice so you're going to be an explorer so Hmm. You've already on that page. You have your might, your speed, and your intellect. So you can, I guess, go ahead and drop them in your character sheet. And what, what were you wanting to tell us about your guy so far? What are you thinking? So this one might be a little strange. Mm-hmm. I so I'm going to play someone who is from the area ish that I'm from because okay. I can't do an Appalachian accent. Totally. But I was kind of working off that you worked with a troupe of traveling musicians and performers when you were younger, except I'm going to say that my character is from East Texas, so the Beaumont area, Boomtowns, okay. who ended up in New Orleans as a jazz musician, per, uh, specifically performing, or particularly performing in jazz funerals. Yeah. You know, second a second line musician type stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of to wandering, learning music from all over the, the country. So now you're stuck in Lodi? Yep. <laughs> stuck in Lodi again. <laughs> all right. For those of you playing at home, you can go ahead and mark off the Creedence Clearwater Revival spot on the sheet. And if you're a fan of the Misfits, you might be thinking Lodi, New Jersey. Oh, good point. David, what about your character? What do you think is so far? Well, I am making, so Zephaniah Bayer Crutchfield is a protector. 
I kind of want to go with grew up here in the hills. He's that guy that everybody knows, but at the same time, trying to think how to put it, the Yes, everybody knows exactly who Bear is, and most people know how he got the nickname, but don't speak of it, because that would be right disrespectful, you know. Yeah. Also, we don't want to in, we don't want to make Bear mad, but at the same time, we also don't want to make Bear's granny upset. Let's see. I get to pick from the list of special abilities, and I think everybody gets those too. So I picked up. The abilities of Lick and Danger Sense, where I have to spend a point on them. And then I've got Iron Fist and Just a Scratch, which are both passive abilities. Because I thought that they just kind of fit with the whole turns into a bear thing. Okay. But yeah, the long story. I don't have a big long background as far as traveling jazz musician or teacher, just as much as just a good old boy raised up in these hills. Never meaning no harm. <laughs> awesome, man. I think that's pretty cool. Jeremy, how about yourself? What are you thinking? Currently, I'm going with the Nomad playbook, essentially. I'm making him basically a wandering bestiary collector. Just He's called by the green. He has no idea what, what it is, but he just has a calling to chronicle all of the the beasts and all the lairs and all of the land basically of everything kind of the fantastic beasts and where to find them type not really from any one in place in particular he just kind of travels from place to place and that's probably where he ran into the to the other two characters he knows magic he doesn't understand why it works but he does but it does work so if he hands somebody you know like bear a pair of brass knuckles and says it'll catch fire it'll catch fire he doesn't know why but it will yeah. I am thinking with my character. So this being year 2023 or Lord, I am kind of trying to use a country music inspired ones. And with the speaker, I already kind of went over briefly beforehand. He's the charismatic one of the bunch. Identity suggestion. I picked storyteller. And that kind of affected what I was thinking of the character's name. Not to go down too dark of a road here, but this past year, I had a cousin pass away. His name was Ryan. And Ryan, when he was in middle school, he won a storytelling contest. And when I saw Storyteller, I was like, this has got to be Ryan. So my character is going to be Ryan. And then country music singer, Gosden. It's in Vern Gosden, which is, so I have Ryan Gosden, which is kind of a nice Barbie kind of shout out as well for Ryan Goslin. So, what I like, the speaker player intrusions. You can spend one XP to use one of the following ones. Like, you're this slick-talking person. I can spend a point to have a, a friendly NPC to help me out. Or rescind or receive a suggestion from a friendly NPC, or receive an unexpected gift from a friendly NPC. I have it in my playbook. Kind of, it's affecting what I'm deciding. My character background will be a past storyteller and stuff like that. I'm kind of in love with that. David, how many we have these abilities starting out here? Do you remember how many we pick from? Well. It's actually different for each of us, I think, because mm-hmm. for mine, I get to pick out of the list, I get to pick four. Okay. And then yeah. for, let's see, you're doing a speaker, right? 
Yes, looks like I am trained in one of the following, understand or using magic. And I have the I have an inability for crafting magic as well, whichever you don't see. I'm trying to see where it actually says about my abilities. Oh, here we go. Here it is. You have a special talent for communication that allows you to interact with others in unique and powerful ways. Some are constant ongoing effects and others are specific actions that usually cost points from one or or one of your stat pools. And you get to choose four of the abilities listed below. You cannot choose the same ability more than once unless its description says otherwise. Now, because there are so many of them, because if you look on your list, you've got, I count 14, oh no, 15. You've got 15 right here just for the first tier. So since you get to pick four of the 15, I'm going to operate under the belief that at some point, we're probably going to pick up more of them with oh, yeah. experience or something. It's, I did read that far in the book that it said that we can pick that the tier we have are below or lower tier to, for other abilities. So, okay. I think so at some point, we're going to find out that there's others that we really want to get our hands on. Yeah. Because I've only started with a few of mine. Mm-hmm. For same reason, I only get four. I started with Lick, which is a pummeling melee attack. My inf- attack inflicts one less point of damage than normal, but will daze my target for a round, during which time all tasks it performs are hindered. Um, so that's a constant ability. That's, or, I mean, that's a uh, spend ability because I have to spend a might point to make that one work. On the other hand, Iron Fist, when you make an unarmed attack, such as a punch or a kick, it counts as a medium weapon instead of a light weapon. That's always on. So I think that that's going to make a difference. We're going to find out how that one works. Yeah. My other passive was just a scratch. I ignore impaired and treat debilitated as if it is impaired. So it sounds like I'll be able to dish out some punishment and also shrug it off like it's nothing. My other one that I've got to spend on is Danger Sense, which makes initiative easy for me. I pay the cost each time the ability is used. So I've got one where I spend Might, one where I spend Speed. But there are others that I could pick from that actually kind of look pretty cool. I noticed that looking at yours as a speaker, you've got the ability to learn Unarmored Defense. Whereas, as a protector, I have the ability to be trained in armor. So now there's a slight difference the, between... The tier abilities, right? Uh, yes. And basically, you get a selection of your abilities just for or just starting out. Yeah. yeah. I've got... I can go for a quicker melee attack if I wanted to, which is Swipe. It's a quick, agile melee attack, and it inflicts one less point of damage than normal, but dazes your target for one round. So that is basically the same thing as Lick. The only difference is, if I give you a solid Lick, that means I'm going to hit you really, really hard and ring your bell. Whereas Swipe is, I'm going to hit you really, really fast, and I'm going to just dazzle you a little bit. Or there's the intelligent version of it, which is Waylay. So there's, I've got a bunch of different ways that I can just hit a motherfucker but then i've also got this one that just kind of feels like an atom one to me it's like don't mind you're trained in intellect defense and have a plus two armor against damage that selectively targets your intellect pool which normally ignores armor 
So basically, that one is one where you can just kind of shrug it off if someone says some mean and hateful words. You can just, I don't mind what you say. It's practically hillbilly zen, or hill folk zen, I think is a better way to put it than hillbilly. But you get what I'm saying. How many skills do we get to pick? I'm sorry. Look at the end of your list where it go, after your character, it's got your weapons and magic and all that. It should be, there's, and David helped me find this a minute ago, there's a section that says abilities at the very end, and it'll indicate how many you get. And judging by mine and Adam's, I would guess that yours is going to be four, because we both started with four. I think mine's the only one that has three, but I'm also able to use magic. Yes. And... Notice, too, that under magic, it has whether you have an ability or an inability. Mm -hmm. I have inabilities in all of them. I cannot craft, I cannot understand, and I cannot use magic. I was wondering what the inability was, whether it was like you just can't do it or you take it or it's a higher tier category for you. I still I still don't see where my I'm sorry. You're fine. Don't be sorry. This is a brand new book to all of us. Let's see, you're doing the Explorer, or are you doing the... Explorer, yeah. All right. All right, special abilities. You have a variety of abilities to make you a well-rounded character, able to quickly change tax as needed. You get four. So choose four of the abilities listed below. You also can't choose the same ability more than once, unless its description says otherwise. Oh, yeah, it was right at the bottom. Okay, yeah, I got you. And... You have a first-tier ability that costs three speed points, but dang, that's a good Yep. Block. You can automatically block the next melee attack made against you within the next minute. Yes, sir. And you also get Danger Sense, and it also costs a speed. Yeah. Now, this one is interesting, because I've seen this on yours and on mine. So, improved edge. Choose one of your edge stats that is zero, increase it to one. So, my might edge starts at one, my intellect starts at zero, or I can have my... So, basically, my might and my speed, one of those is a one, and one of those is a zero, as far as edges. But my int is always going to start as an edge zero. Because I'm not built to be a thinky character. I'm either going to be a a lightning bruiser or I'm going to be a mighty bruiser. Or I could potentially be fast and strong. But I am not the smart one. Yeah. That's why you got me. And I... Honestly, I kind of like it this way. This is uh, really neat the way the system works, too. So, dice-wise, Aaron, you're rolling d20s for the most part. And your GM sets the difficulty. So... If it's difficulty one, then you got to roll a three or better, or better, and then it just keeps going up by that. So it's it's the odd numbers. It's one three, is it one three five seven all the way up to thirty? Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be or forty. Excuse me. Fuck, I saw it a minute ago. But you, if you some of these abilities you give will make things easier. So if I were wanting to lie to someone. If I took, under skilled talking, if I took the ability of deceiving, yeah, then if it was a, f- a five difficulty, that automatically knocks it down to I got to hit a four. So we keep picking, some of these things that we're picking up, we'll keep taking 
the test of what we're rowing against and knocking it down a level. And then there's sometimes that things happen when it'll actually kick it up a difficulty level too. Say yeah. if you're doing a dexterity check and your your character um, was uh, crippled in some f- form. Yeah. So I've gone with living off the land, find the way, slip into shadow, and wilderness explorer. Nice. I'm trying. I'm kind of going back and forth on mine right now. Right now, I've got see the unseen, which would go well with the the bestiary guy. I've got live off the land, and I've got right now. I've got create deadly poison because he's kind of an herbal, like a traveling herbalist. And that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you've got your ability in crafting, but your inability in understanding. Understanding, yeah. So I can totally see you making poisons out of these this weed and that weed. And it was all trial and error. Why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm resistant to poison because it was all trial and error. <laughs> and the book does give a pretty helpful hint here that I just saw. When it's telling you about your starting equipment, it does suggest before you're selecting your weapons, armor, and other gear, you might want to wait until after you've chosen your first tier abilities, descriptor, and focus. Because that might change what you pick up. And honestly, since I do get to start with a couple of weapons, but I think that I'm going to be going for mostly fist. Are okay. mostly unarmed just because of the way that the character reads. That and some of the ability you can get some of your normal or some of the abilities you would get in your class in your descriptor and stuff too. So, yeah, the only skill that I've actually picked up just straight up thus far, I get one non-combat protector-related area of knowledge in which I'm not already trained. So choose one of the following. And so I picked butchering. So I've got butchering, engineering, laws, logging, mining, prison systems, or railroading as an area of knowledge that just begins. I have a maximum of two ciphers, and I start with two ciphers. But that basically is something that the GM has to assign. Yeah. We can, I mean, we can kind of fill those out later if you want to, too. Area of knowledge. Okay. I think I've kind of got some of my stuff here. So you're trained in you know, one non-combat speaker-related area of knowledge. Is that... Where's the area of knowledge thing? So choose one of the following business, education, law, language, me- leadership, music, religion, and April. Hmm. Aaron, you know I had to take religion. Yeah. <laughs> old time screaming and shouting. This is all time screaming and shouting. You should have resurrected. Um, oh shit! What's his name? Hustis Harden from. Oh, from the two-headed serpent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Eustace Harden. Hi, I'm Eustace. I'm Ryan Gosden. I took going on your lead. I took. I named my guy Amos Moses. Nice. From Jerry Reed. Oh, I remember. My grandfather loved Jerry Reed. Mm-hmm. God, he's an amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. All right, well, shit, guys. I guess I'll be playing Joe White. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aaron, don't forget when you're looking at your first tier stuff there, it also gives you your edge under your genius. So I've got one edge for intellect. So under the character sheet, you can mark it there. Good. And remember, I was looking here at character advancement to just figure out what some of this stuff means. 
And also there is a link here that'll lead me to inability. So yeah, what does that mean? So inability, the opposite of trained, you're hindered whenever you attempt a task that you have an inability in. If you come trained in the task, the training and the inability cancel each other out, cancel each other out. Gotcha. And then you become practiced. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's how I thought it worked, but I wanted to make sure. So it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means it's hard for you to do. Mm. Yeah. Probably takes it from an automatic thing to a level one task type thing. Well, practice basically means it's the normal unmodified ability to use a skill. Not trained, not specialized, but also not unable. Your type determines what weapon and armor skills you're practiced in. If you aren't practiced with a type of weapon, you have an inability in it. So you have, it's hard for you to use it. Mm. Then there's trained, which is you have a reasonable amount of skill in the task. And then I believe that there's also going to be specialized up here. Having an exceptional amount of skill in a task, being specialized, eases the tasks by two steps. Yep. So if you're specialized in mining, for instance, all of your mining tasks are eased by two steps. Right now I've got an inability in social interactions and understanding magic, so that should be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I made an oopsie and put my special abilities in your skills. Area of knowledge? That's a good that's a good question. So area of knowledge as far as which skill to pick up or No, so I uh, I'm trained in one non-combat explorer related area of knowledge. Uh-huh. So keep reading and it should give you a list at the bottom of that section. Yeah, it does. I just don't know I just don't know where to write it. It'd be in um, your skills section on your list. Yeah, that oh, one okay. put on the yeah. Is yeah. you'll just so, be trained in it. So right now I just have one skill and that is butchering. <laughs> Punch it. <laughs> well, not one non-combat skill, which is butchering. So I know how to kill a bear, and then I also know how to cut up a bear. <laughs> all right. Just let me know when you're all ready to jump back in it, too. I, th- I think I haven't really thought much about... I always think about inventory items at the tail end, anyway. It says that I get appropriate clothing... And a light weapon of my choice, plus two expensive items, moderately priced items, etc. Which, I mean, eh, we'll figure it out later. And then I've got my abilities kind of picked up here. I think I'm pretty good. We haven't did Cypher or anything, and I'm just, I haven't. I the skills. I think the Cypher is given by the whoever's running the game. Yeah. It just it tells you how many you can carry at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I get two. Choose four abilities. All right. So, special are the four abilities are special abilities, or is that go under skills? Yeah, that's the the uh, that goes under special abilities. I would say. Yeah. So encouragement, shake bones, trained without armor, and terrifying presence. That's what I went with. I put it under skills. Made a mistake, I guess. Yeah, I'll move those around. So. Interestingly enough, reading on uh, character advancement, so in the top part of the sheet up here where it says advancement, basically you'd have to drop four points into up to, or four points into at least four of these different advancement boxes. Okay. Or actually, it's four points on each of the steps. Yeah. They advance to the next tier and gain all the type and focus benefits of that tier. The four steps can be purchased in any order, but each can be purchased. Okay, so, yeah. 
only once per tier. In other words, a PC must buy all four steps in advance to the next tier before they can purchase the same steps again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, it's going to take take about sixteen XP to move up to the next tier because you got to you got to put four XP in each one of those ta- those ticks. The thing that's yeah. kind of cool though is you spend you can spend XP on things outside to affect the game, so yeah. that it's a, it's a good balance. Yeah. I can spend one XP point to just basically engage everybody in the scene at once and just kind of mm-hmm. go, nope, I'm just going to bear hug everybody. Yep. I'm a one-man gang. Yelena counts as gang all by herself. All right. So I've got my descriptor. I'm going with creative. Oh, well, let's, let's go ahead and kind of recap. No, you're fine. This is kind of, I mean, it's the nature of it. I decided to change the- mine up because... I looked at Sturdy and I thought I don't, or Hardy. I thought that doesn't fit as much, but on the other hand, Stout does, and so I'm going to go Stout instead. So, what? Which descriptor are you looking at? You said educated, creative, creative. What does it do? Yeah. So I get plus two to my intellect pool, which is cool. Uh, oh shit! Uh-huh. I forgot about that. It's so. I'm always coming up with something new. You're trained in any task related to creating a narrative, such as a story, player, scenario. This includes description. The deception involves a narrative you're able to tell. Oh, deception. I'm sorry. So you and I are both creatives. <laughs> yeah. Naturally inventive. You're trained in one specific creative skill of your choice, writing, music, painting, drawing, and so on. You love solving riddles and the like. You're trained in puzzle solving. So I guess I just put puzzle solving on your skills. I believe that is one of the skills listed in the skill section. So, yeah. And if not, it will be for you. Yeah. So, I went through and picked out my abilities. I kind of mentioned these beforehand. So, as a first tier, I kind of, I don't know. I I just picked what sounded fun at the moment. That's kind of what I'm going with here. So, I have the ability of encouragement, which um, I can inspire uh, my allies at short range uh, to ease of uh, one of the ta- a task you know that they have to do. I had I decided to pick an ability called shake the bones. Your words are so powerful they cause the bones of a creature to shudder and shake, inflicting two points of might damage and two points of intellect damage. Uh, your target must be able to hear you. So that sounded fun. That's now. Fun. It I don't like playing sinister people, but I like it's Aaron can attest from playing unknown armies with me occasionally. Like I'll play one that just goes dark real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I also took a terrifying presence. You can, I mean, you convince one intelligent target of a level three or lower that you are its worst nightmare. The target must be, you know, short range. Let's see. For as long as you do nothing but speak, you can't even move. The target is paralyzed with fear or runs away or takes some other action appropriate to the circumstances. In addition to the normal options of effort, you can choose to use effort to increase the maximum level of the target. So, I mean, I can look like a badass. I'm not like that. And then, kind of going back to my experiences playing Call of Cthulhu with Frost Payton, I like being able to dodge, and there was ability called Trained Without Armor. So 
yep. you're trained in speed defense tasks, such as not wearing armor. So um, it helps me out on dodging. So I don't know if anybody else has one of these attached to their descriptor, but I do. And that is initial link to the starting adventure. Yeah, I have that too. So I just kind of want to read through these and see if any of these just tickles anybody's fancy. So off of Stout, either I'm acting as a bodyguard for one of the other PCs. Mm. One of the PCs is family, and I came along to watch out for them. I'm bored of doing the same physical action over and over and sought out a new way to use my body. Or I stepped in to defend one of the PCs when they were threatened. And while talking to them afterwards, I heard about the group's task. So does any of those sound like something that would anybody have hired muscle? Uh, I can see my, to quote my father a little bit, I can see my mouth writing checks, my ass can't cash. So, yeah. (laughs) I feel like a number four attached to Adam does work. Which one is that one? I stepped in to defend one of the PCs when they were threatened while talking I mean, to them afterwards. Which focus is that, as you're saying? Oh, that is off of my descriptor. Oh, so okay. So the descriptor of Stout. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, we... Cool. So, like, that's a good segue into the descriptor. So, we've kind of got our main, our general abilities. Some of us, we're kind of bouncing, going a little bit further here and there. Uh, you're just, I'll just kind of briefly go over this. Your descriptor defines your character. It flavors everything you do. The differences between a stealthy fighter and a brash fighter are considerable. Your descriptor changes the way the characters go about every action. Your descriptor places your character in a situation, i.e. the first adventure, which starts a campaign, kind of what David was alluding to here, and helps provide motivation. It is an adjective in a sentence. I am the adjective noun who verb. So I am the blank. So kind of jumping ahead here. Uh, I know David alluded to this beforehand. There's a gigantic list of character descriptions. Uh, what did you say? You, you, t- you took Hardy or what was it, David? Well, I was looking at Hardy originally, but I don't like that. It's too, to me, it's too passive. It's congratulations. You're hard to hurt. But the downside of it is that I can just basically be a wall. And I, I didn't like that as much. But on the other hand, Stout works fairly well. Or at least it seems like it's a little bit more active. So I went Stout instead. You're extremely strong and physically powerful. And you use those qualities well, whether through violence or feats of prowess. You likely have a brawny build and impressive muscles. So no one fights like Gaston. No one bites like (laughs) Gaston. Yeah. So you gain the following characteristics. I'm very powerful, plus four to my might pool. I'm trained in all actions involving breaking inanimate objects. I'm also trained in the might defense tasks. I get to start with an extra medium weapon or heavy weapon. Since I'm trained in heavies, might as well start heavy. And then I have an initial link to the starting adventure, which I'm going to go with option number four. I stepped in to defend one of the PCs when they were threatened. While talking to them afterwards, I heard about the group's task. So I kind of got roped into this because I stepped in and went, now, now, don't go punching the snake preacher. Don't you know what happens when you punch snake preachers? That's how we get rattlers. 
Don't you oh. remember what happened last summer? Looks like a good one here for you, Aaron. There's curious. Hmm? Oh, curious? Yeah, look on page 66. She went from Texas to New Orleans to Appalachia. That's true. I mean, you don't have to, Art, obviously. No, I get that. Went to LA via Omaha. <laughs> See, I was looking at curious, but I kind of like creative. Okay, go for it, man. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn personally between charismatic, which would work with my playbook, so to speak. And I also like the idea of either being cursed or, hold on, the other one that kind of stuck out to me is beholden. Jeremy, how about yourself? Why are you kind of bouncing around? I went with creative because it says maybe you have a journal where you write down ideas so you can develop them later. Perhaps you tell stories of wild creatures and wonders from the woods. Maybe you bend the willow, bake bread, and draw everything you see. Or maybe you move by all th- or moved by all things around you to produce something beautiful and eternal. However, your gift works. You're creative. You write. You make up songs, sculpt, paint, build, and otherwise create narratives that enthrall others and visions. My guy wants to chronicle the world. Basically, he oh, wants okay. to draw all the monsters and all the basically cartographer monster, uh, so everybody can have you know this is what's here. This is how you may avoid them, make friends with them, or you know, stay away from them so you don't get eaten type yeah. thing. Oh, thank God. I'm going to take cursed. Her says, you're never sure if your thoughts are your own. You often hear a voice or voices guiding you or attempting to force your hand. Sometimes these voices are helpful and kind. Other times, not so much. Where do they come from? And are you cursed or blessed by them? So I like this because, and now full disclosure, the book doesn't say to do this. I have not distributed my six individual points yet. So I kind of held those for at the end to see what I had mm-hmm. to kind of compensate. So this gives me a plus four to my intellect pool automatically here. So I'm going to go ahead and jump that up. That's that's what I did too. Like I had basically everything fleshed out before I pushed out the extra points. Voices have many things to tell you. So I guess, and I get to put these under my skills. I'm on page, just to make sure I'm reading this right, I'm on page 67. So I have skill, you're trained in all the tasks involving listening and hearing. So I have insight, inability, and also have insight and inability. I'm just trying to figure out where to put these things here, to be honest with you. Okay. So I'm I'm scrolling up there. Don't worry. I got oh, you're that. fine, David. I've been putting those under, instead of breaking them all out, I've been putting them under skills and just putting them as trained. It's like narrative tasks, including deception. I put that in there instead of, you know, instead of trying to break down each individual one, because narratively you'll know, I guess. Yeah. Knowledge collection, identifying plants and creatures, stuff like that. So when you look at your, when you look at your skill, I would just make a note in your notes section. Yeah. That you're trained in all tasks involving listening and hearing. Okay. Because that applies to tasks as opposed to actual skills. Because I have a bonus when it comes to breaking things. And I'm sure that as soon as we figure out what needs to be broken, if it's like, I'm going to punch that thing until it breaks, or I'm going to yank it apart. All right, roll engineering. But you're skilled at least as far as ripping this thing apart. Because you're brawny. 
you're probably going to get the same kind of bonus whenever the skill comes up. So I would make a note of it because it's one of those situational things that when it applies. Okay. But I would also make a note of your inabilities. The voices in your head are sometimes so loud, it's hard to make sense of the real world. So the things that you have an inability in, which are navigating, tracking, and identifying plants and animals, those come up until you spend the XP to make the inability go away. Yeah. So you actually have to actively practice navigation to get to where you can navigate. You said your guy turns into a beast, right? Uh, Yeah. That is one of the ones that I'm going for. That makes a lot of sense with my character, though, because my guy doesn't know how to interact with people, and he's really good with animals. So it's entirely possible that you met Bear when he was working as a bear. Yeah. And then when it's like, wait a minute, there's something familiar about you. Yeah, Yeah, it'll make sense later. Yeah, that actually works out really well. And I'm not sure if I want to go for the humor aspect of it or if I want to go for just the straight up, because I feel like the nickname of Bear, because he turns into an actual bear, is funny. Or, I mean, is good, but I think it would also be hilarious if it's like, why do they call him Bear? Well, he turns into a beast. He he turns into a bear? No, actually, he turns into a turtle, but he's built like a bear when he's a human, so we call him Bear. You ever heard of a lion turtle? <laughs> kind of like that. What's that? He turns into a wombat? But it's a big wombat. It's, a, it's big teeth. <laughs> Look at the bones. Look at the bones, man. I like these initial starting things. I do, too. So it looks like you've got four of them to choose from yourself. Yeah. The ones that stick out to me is like you listen to the vo- one of the voices that suggested going on to embark upon this kind of adventure. One of the other PCs sounds an awful like the voice, awful like uh, sounds an awful lot like one of the voices in your head, and you'd like to spend time with them to find out if there's a connection. You have a reason to believe that being with the other PCs will help you gain a better understanding of your thoughts, and you, that you hear voices, and then you can hear the voices more clearly when you're doing something active. I, since you made a connection with me, I feel like I need. I'm gonna make a, a connection with somebody, another group member here. Jeremy, what's your character? The creative sage that serves the green. He just, he's a wanderer that the green tells him where to go, basically. Okay. He doesn't I, know why he's doing it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know, necessarily know what the purpose is, but he just knows he has to. I, I hear your character's voice. That works. Well, I'll put the name in in a moment whenever we get to that point. So, Aaron, what, do you, what have you got, got with your creative? What do you mean, what have I got? Like, I mean, I'm kind of interested in your starting initial link to the starting adventure. You're gathering materials for a new project and convince the PCs to bring you along. So, looks like it's... I don't know if there's anything else for that or if it's time to actually go to the focus. I do believe it is focus time. Okay, I, I apologize. I think I've got mine. So, on page 83, we've actually got a list of foci. Yeah. So focus is what makes a character unique. Ideally, no two PCs in a group should have the same focus. A focus gives a character benefits when they create their character, and each time they ascend to the next tier, it's the verb of the sentence. I am an adjective noun who verbs. It's really neat. I like this. So, uh, Jeremy, I know you said yours was the, the green. Mm-hmm. If you were, if you already went over that, this has kind of got me a little discombobulated. I have not. 
I figured with him being kind of a wanderer, he doesn't really know why he's being called, but something's calling him to walk around. The serve the green is the green fills you and calls to you. You are you are of the green in a way that most people can't even begin to understand. It gives you kinship to trees and beings, to the roots and blooms and mud and muck that nourishes the harbors. Even more so, it gives you purpose. Perhaps you made a bargain to gain your abilities, or maybe the green chose you for reasons you've yet to figure out. What you do know is that there's no power you'd rather serve or wield than that of the woods and wild things. With it, it gives me a couple abilities. One of them is called the power of bloom. Your connection with the with the the green grants you additional strength power. You gain three points to divide amongst your pools, however you wish. That's an enabler ability, so it's a it's a, it's a given ability that you use once. And wilderness lore, you're trained in wilderness navigation and identifying plants and creatures. So basically, he just knows where to go. Like he doesn't know why he knows. He just knows. Yeah. Okay. Sounds cool. Another. It's kind of neat how they got picked in here. You get to actually kind of pick connections here. So we just mm-hmm. have connections we pick. I know David just picked one beforehand. We can kind of as as we get all these picked up. Has everybody already got their focus? I do. I think I do too. Can't pick, but I'm too. I want to be master of the swarm, but the musician sounds like it would fit my character too, or that makes a high low some sound. <laughs> oh, that's the one. See, I was thinking about that one, but yeah, you take it then. I mean, I'll, oh, I'll you sure? yeah, I'll be the okay. speaker to speak. I'm, I'm, what was the, the one about the, the guy who controls rats? Master of the swarm, the swarm. Uh, yep. I mean, the movie. Oh, Willard, Pied, yeah, Willard. I was thinking Pied Piper kind of fits. Dang it. Now I may have to switch mine because so, or I mean, I may have to switch a connection because I've got a better connection to Adam right here. So becoming the beast, they say everybody's got two wolves inside them, but you actually might. You have one at least or a cat or a bat or sometimes a catamount. It all depends on your mood and the situation. When you will it, you can transform into a creature of your choice. And no matter what others might think, you're always still you when you're in beast form. You've just got a little something extra. Maybe you've always had this ability. Something passed down from your relatives, perhaps? Or maybe you taught yourself becoming a devotee of creatures and magic. Possibly you don't know where it comes from. But you're not one to look a gift horse in the mouth. You can take that shape. Or yes, you can take that shape, too. So I can basically pick up a connection, and one of them is pick another PC. Something about them complements your abilities. So if you've got the talk to animals and manipulate the swarm ability, and I can literally turn into an animal, because the more that I read this, it's not an animal I turn into all the time. The tier one is I can change into an animal as small as a rat or up to my own size, such as a large dog or a small bear for 10 minutes. And each time you transform, you can take a different animal shape. So basically, I'm the druid. I get to just keep wild shaping. That does sound pretty cool. And the further you get into the tier abilities, the more um, the more versatile it becomes until we get all the way up to like the tier 6 ability. Tier 6 is choose between blurring speed or lend beast shape. So at level 6, I either get to move so quickly that until my next turn, I look like a blur. And while I'm blurred, I can apply effort to a melee attack task. So I can either just turn so fast that you don't know what I'm turning into, 
or lend beast shape, which allows me to spend a little bit of extra effort and instead of it just being, I'm going to turn into a bear to fix this issue, we're all bears. <laughs> Oops, all bears. <laughs> yes. I like that. Hey, Aaron, what do you think about this for my service, the Green Connection? Since you're kind of a wandering musician, it says, pick one other PC. This character believes you're you're some kind of legend based on decade-old story about you that's grown in, in the telling. Sometimes you think, sometimes it makes you confident, and other times it, it's a lot to live up to. Like you said, you were looking for stories. Maybe you heard about my character wandering around the wandering around the forest and wanted to write a song about it. Yeah, that'll work. I like that a lot, actually. I was going to hit Aaron with one too. So, masters of the swarm, masters of swarm, insects, rats, bats, birds, even creatures that have no true form to speak of. Those built more of shade and fear than blood and bone. You master one type of small creature that evades you. It's an unusual skill, as you've been told so far, and so far so many times. But what's the price you're willing to pay for the power and pleasure of your connection to this hive mind is owed? Uh, that's an odd sense, but that's what that's the price you're willing to pay. There we go for the power and pleasure of your connection to this hive mind of owed. So. I mean, it could be rats and all that. Now, I like possums. So, I do like possums, and that's why I picked one PC. Pick one. Do you have? You only get to pick one of the connections, right? Yeah, choose one of the following. So, Aaron, I get to pick one PC. This character has an oddly shaped birthmark, mole, or feature that reminds you of the creatures of your creatures. Does this mean something? So, Aaron. Where's your possum George Jones birthmark at? It's on the forearm. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Is... I'm just thinking. Uh, I was just suddenly flashed to the naked gun, the third movie. It's like, is there any <laughs> distinguishing feature? Well, he does have a birthmark in the shape of Whistler's <laughs> mother on his left buttock. <laughs> <laughs> I just immediately thought, well, does he have any distinguishing features? Well, he's got a birthmark in the shape of a screaming possum right there <laughs> on his arm. <laughs> It's like, wow, Possible right down to the up. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And when I start out, I mastered one type of small creature. Maybe it looks, it keeps saying rats, bats, and birds or something like that. So maybe I have an affinity for possums, but I'll, I'll work up for a possum. Who knows? We'll what figure that out. doesn't have an affinity for possums. Okay. I got to work up to possum. <laughs> <laughs> but, I uh, feel like we got to work up to possum is definitely going to be a thing. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I shouldn't pick possum too. I keep saying ra- insects, rats, bats, birds. So I'm, I'm gonna stick. Okay, I'm possums stick are kind of close to rats. I w- look. I would wave it. I would say, you know, you know, I thought let's hand wave it. Well, possums are almost. And I was, gonna, <laughs> I was gonna flag the play and ultimately be like, all right, let's hear it. That you just see them park coming out of trash cans and stuff. So, that, I mean, that is possums. I do like possums though, but. They're trying to think of some Appalachian critter. Possum. Possum. <laughs> I got one that's even better. It's not as cute and cuddly. Mosquitoes. It could be mosquitoes or chiggers or <laughs> I'm trying to think of irritating bugs. Ticks. But, uh, ticks. Oh, my God. <laughs> you all got Lyme's disease. Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Don't make me edit. After I did my disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> 
My familiar special ability is that he can steal copper wiring. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a catalytic converter in sight. <laughs> As a hillbilly, I can make these jokes. <laughs> Grasshoppers is kind of cool. I may go with grasshopper. You're just going to create a biblical plate? <laughs> yeah. You should! That's amazing! <laughs> Alright. And I think that's pretty much... We've got the top corner of our thing figured out. We're... Huh? It's, and I feel like the rest of these things are just going to flow together as we go. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at the character sheet. Like, what's the next part? Or in a book, I think it's done. God, there's so many good ones of these, though. Aren't there? Get a pipe wrench as a weapon, Aaron. Oh. Tanya Harding, somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was just a lead pipe. It wasn't the wrench. (laughs) Potato, potato. Six of one, half dozen of another. I even see where... So I know we're all tier one. The last thing we got to do that we haven't done yet is choose a character arc from Chapter 9, and then we get to begin our adventure. Chapter 9. So. Yeah. Character but arc. I interrupted you there because you were no, going to go say ahead. something about, was it edge or effort? or? Uh, well, I mean, effort and edge, I didn't see anything. We filled those blocks out. but Tier 1 effort should be 1 for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then... Everybody should have one edge at one and then two edges at zero that fit for your character. Now that is in the, that's under your type. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again, David. Let's see. So the block directly under the focus where it has tier effort XP, that should be one, one, zero right now because nobody has any experience yet. Got it. And then we've got our, might, speed, intellect. Now we've got our pool, and then we've got an edge underneath it. And so basically in that edge section under each of those, one of those should be at a one, and the other two should be at a zero based on your character. Yeah. Because see, for a as a protector, I either get a might edge or a speed edge, but I do not get intellect. So I decided to go might because Bear is a big stout protector, and I can turn into the burliest possum you've ever seen. <laughs> but then, then our next step is to choose a character arc from Chapter Nine. So a lot of Chapter Nine is experience points, but you also get to let's see, tiers in the cipher system aren't entirely like levels in other role-playing systems. Do-do-do. Okay, so here we are. Sample character arcs. The rest of this chapter presents sample character arcs for PCs. The write-up of each each arc describes the parts involved in progressing through the arc. So there's an opening, there's steps, there's a climax, and then there's a resolution. And that's for each arc. This is listed on page 167. Yeah. And basically what you want to do, there is a place on your character sheet to track the steps that you have taken to advance to the next tier and also to the next part of your character arc. So basically we all get to choose from the different arcs that are in there. So there's become a parent, build, cleanse, creation, develop a bond, enterprise, establishment, fall from grace, explore, find your family, 
finish a great work, give your word, growth, help your neighbor, justice, join an organization, learn, master a skill, mysterious background, new discovery, raise a child, recover from a wound or trauma, there's a redemption arc, repay a dress or repay a debt or redress, restoration, rescue, right or wrong, revenge. Romance, safeguard, solve a mystery, serve the community, teach, theft, if we actually just kind of wanted to go for, you know, <laughs> this yeah. is Appalachia heist, train a creature, or start NASCAR, that also works, train a creature, uncover a secret, or whoop your enemy. I like that. Okay, well, we'll take a moment here to kind of go through. Um, is that something that... Is that something that everybody picks one, or is that I can't? I didn't hear the first part. I think everybody picks their own arc. Okay. And then we all end up helping each other with our different arcs. Okay. Unless there are some that can coincide, because do 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 back up to page one sixty seven. Here it is. The rest of this chapter presents sample character arcs for the PCs. So basically, the general idea is that most characters will spend half their XP on tier advancement and long-term benefits, and the rest on immediate benefits and short and medium-term benefits, which are used during gameplay. Character advancement has a power curve, but it's only steep enough to keep things interesting. In other words, gaining a new tier is cool and fun, but it's not the only path to success or power. Basically, there are different things that you can do to work your XP points into your character arc. The rest of it gives different suggestions for what to do with a character arc. Characters should always take at least a few weeks in game, or character arcs should always take at least a few weeks in game time, and no more than two parts in an arc should be accomplished in a game session. And most of the time, it should take, or should be one part, if any. If neither of these two things is true, it's not really a character arc. You can't, for instance, use the creation arc to guide you through something you can make in an hour or two. So there is a place on your character sheet to track the steps that you have taken to advance to the next tier of your character arc. And I'm trying to see just where it says which character arc we uh, work for. Do, 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 do. So in love with this. Mm-hmm. I'm digging it. I really am. I'm like itching to play now. Like, let's just uh, grab one in general here. Develop a bond. You want to get closer to another character. This might be to make a friend, find a mentor, or establish contact in a position of power. It might be to turn a friend into a much closer friend. The character might be an NPC or a PC. So the opening of the arc is get to know you. You learn what you can do about, or learn what you can about the other character. Uh, the first step is initial attempt. You attempt to make contact. This might involve sending messages or gifts, asking others for help, or just going up and saying hello, depending on the situation. Oh my goodness. So this was me talking to Greg the very first time and him having that reaction of, why don't my fingers emit mace? <laughs> uh, second step, building a relationship. There might be many such steps as you develop the relationship. Talking every day, approaching during lunch, eventually finding out that we do, in fact, have... Yeah. And we have to do that step multiple times. Climax. Bond. You succeed or fail at forging the bond. It's been 10 years. 
and we've been good friends ever since. <laughs> we just realized that we were celebrating our 10-year friendiversary this, this fall. Resolution, you enjoy the fruits of your new friendship. And that's basically it. Develop a bond. The benefit to actually resolving it is, congratulations, you now have a friend. Sweet. So many to pick from here. There are. There's a lot. I mean, there's two I'm thinking of. What are you, what are you thinking about, man? This is, we talk these things out and kind of go into their details a little bit. You don't have to read the whole section or anything, but no, I got you. Uh, I was looking to either finish a great work or master a skill. Okay, great work. I could either uh, something that was begun in the past must now be completed. Opening, you know, assess the past. What's come before and where it still needs to go. Um, conceive of the plan. See, this is starting to feel like not quite what I was thinking because I was thinking about finish. That's why we. That's why we think out loud here. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe finishing a song or something, but master a skill could work too. Or if you're trying to write a song, that also fits creation. Now you want to make something that's unique to you. Maybe you dream of building a gorgeous stained glass window for the local church, writing a book about the area, creating a machine that's the first of its kind, or something else that is unique and original to you. So if you're creating a song, that, that kind of feels like creation. Okay, yeah, I can go for creation then. I, I know what my first one is going to be is find your family. Okay. And my reason being, I feel like Bear is going to be an outcast in some way just because he is the man who is known for turning into a bear when he was in trouble to the point that it has become his nickname. So I don't think that people actually open up to him. Like, at best, he is a friend at arm's length, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, he's nice and all. Yeah, because nobody wants to piss him off. Does anybody know what he likes to do for fun? No, because we don't want to piss him off. <laughs> does anybody get to know him? No. <laughs> what does he do? Like, do? I don't know. Eat people? Well, we know what he definitely doesn't like to do. <laughs> Run. I'm going to go so, with the mystery. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, no, I, I kind of like what you're going for there. You were going to say go for the mysterious background? Yeah, I like that. I, I was thinking along the lines of there's no one when the voices began and then he realized that even as a little boy, Mamma didn't want to take care. It mentions that you bear your grandmother's name. And I'll mentions that, that and it got me thinking. You want to well, maybe just read this verse. You want to know where you come from. There's some kind of mystery in the past. Mystery like it's likely due to your biological family. Who are your parents? What really happened to your grandmother whose name you bear? But it could be something else. I like the idea that he knew his grandmother. And when he came of age to know anything and all that, his parents were already dead. And... In the beginning, like he saw Granny out talking to the bugs. Like the bugs never bothered her garden or anything like that. She just always go out there and talk them over. Occasionally, she'd go over and talk to the like go walk through the neighbors' gardens or fields and talk to the you know and talk to herself. And everybody thought they were crazy, but she was crazy. But 
their crop grew better than those around them and they didn't have that type of problem. And Granny, when asked, never really told him about how she does that. And was always kind of guarded when talking about his parents. And Granny has since passed away. And now all these abilities are start, that were latent are starting to kind of manifest in him. And I guess I'm going to, you know, opening, begin the search. You're going to, step one is research. You look into your family background if possible. Step two, investigate. Talk to people that might have known them. Follow the clues. Then the climax, discover the secret of your background. And you can decide if that's you learn is what you learn is good or bad. Resolution, you contemplate how this knowledge sits with you. So, you know, after this begins, I needed to pick like a particular job. I picked, a, I thought even it's like a storyteller. I said, mm-hmm. I think that he's a lawyer. I think he went away to college. And when he ca- and these things started happening, but he he held it together long enough to get the degree, and he's come back to town. And depending on the location and the setting, stuff like that, maybe he's just a, a local attorney, or maybe he represents an interest in the area or something like that. So we're looking for family. We have a mysterious background. Aaron, Jeremy, what what are you guys got? I was still looking at it. I was looking at other things while you guys were. Checking stuff out, or where you guys were talking about your backgrounds. Are you thinking about that you kind of picked the background, or are you still kind of up there? No, I've still got, I've got mine. Mine kind of wrote itself. I went with character art, explore. Something out there is unknown, you want to explore its secrets. There is most likely a natural area, such as an uncharted cave system, or an explored area of witness, or wilderness and rumored place of magic, or something similar. Okay. The opening, make a plan. Uh, mine's basically... Ever since he was a little kid, he could see things that other people couldn't. And whenever he would sketch them, people thought he was crazy because he would just draw these fantastical beasts and everything else that, you know, he seemed like he had a relationship. They'd always find him out in the out in the wilderness, just kind of hanging out under you know, next to streams and talking about weird, crazy babble. And one day he just decided he was he was going to go see all the ones, all the things that he was told that weren't there, and he was going to sketch them all out, and he was going to make an explorer's guide for it. So he okay. he made a plan. He was he got all of his his uh, resources together, and he just set off and let the let the green guide him to wherever it was. He he doesn't really know where he's going to be, but whenever he gets the pole, he gets the pole. He just gets up and goes. So that goes through the steps, gather resources, supplies, vehicles, and other help you need. That could be where he came across the group. You know, he may have got himself in some trouble wandering somewhere that he shouldn't. And then he ran into the to the lawyer and he ran into Bear because he's more in tune with animals and then people. And then he may have ran into the to the traveling musician because he may have, you know, the musician heard about him and him just wandering around like an old hobbit. Old Steps. hobbits are the worst hobbits. They are. So you rode the rail you could even rode the rail in the town. If there's like, if it's like a mining town or something like that, or I mean, railroads are everywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have been riding in the same boxcar just sharing stories. Sweet, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm leading. I guess I just write this, uh, put this under character arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what I would suggest is, since we're just starting out here, I'm listing mine with the name of the arc plus the first piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so we can reference the book and we'll be fine. Yeah. Kind of. Unless we want to hyperlink our character sheet to a book. <laughs> it sounds like we're all a bunch of hobos, which is nice. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of colored on my outlook of this. I would think that if we were not saying everybody that comes from luxury and all that are bad people or anything like that and all, but we're kind of at least if when I'm thinking about like areas exploited by coal, I mean oil, not oil, excuse me, coal and whatnot, like those that had the money were either the ones that had the land that sold it to the mine or the mine itself, and you know, you got the company store and all kinds of horrible things going on in those deals. So it seems like, like offhand, if we were in like the eastern coal mining portion of Appalachia, it would seem like exploited people. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea because, to be fair, looking at my list of starting gear, the equipment is on here somewhere. I just had it. Here we are. I start with clothing, two weapons. Two moderately priced items and up to four inexpensive items. I also start with two ciphers chosen for or chosen for you by the GM and two whole dollars. If I start with a ranged weapon that requires ammunition, arrows, for example, I start with twelve of that kind of ammo. Before selecting your weapons, armor, and other gear, you might want to wait until after you've chosen your first tier abilities, descriptor, and focus. And then additional equipment, I have an extra medium weapon or heavy weapon because of stout. Yeah. Did it say specifically that you had, it was items or could you pick whenever it says like two expensive items, could one be a a weapon or a shield or something like that? Or is it yours specifically say weapon? Mine specifically uh, specifies how many weapons I start with. I get... I get two weapons or a weapon and a shield, and then because of stout, I get an extra medium or heavy. Okay. Because, yeah, with with my guy basically traveling through the woods all the time, I I took for my expensive weapon a bow, or my expensive thing a bow, because it seemed like thematically it made sense, and like a pocket knife. Well, it should specify um, in your background if you get weapons or what the weapons are. Okay. Hello, listeners. Adam here. Just wanted to apologize, but we kind of ran out of steam during this particular session of RPX Row Up, and uh, Gen Con came up, and we all meant to return back to this when we got back from the four greatest days of gaming, and unfortunately, we never did. And (laughs) to be frank with you, I forgot until today when it came time to post this into the main feed, so... Sorry about that. Uh, you got 90-some percent of the row-up for Ogots of Appalachia completed. If memory serves me correct, I think we just needed to go over items and a few minor things. But hopefully this particular recording gave you a general idea of what goes into character creation. It seems like a really fun system. And uh, it's definitely on our to-do list of games that we're going to play in the future here. Also, I'd like to take a moment that if you like what you're hearing here and you want to hear more, uh, you could actually get our Row Up episodes three months in advance. If you go over to our Patreon and subscribe, we're at patreon.com slash exchange, And 95% of those episodes are complete. So, you know, always got to look for that sunny side. 
Anyway, thank you so much for your time. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.